Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 163, Saying Yes. It's December 15th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, consultant, and more. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moscovich. Saying yes. Oh, I love this topic. Love, love, love it. All right. Before I dive in, and and you may be wondering, say yes to what? We're going to get there. People will get there. Go to my website, please. Enter my giveaway. Prizes will be shipped in 2024 after the winners are notified in 2024 when I'm walking and have recovered from my car accident. So go register. Here's my disclaimer. This podcast and nothing I ever say is ever intended to be medical or therapy advice. No, I'm not a therapist or in the medical profession. You should get your medical and therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider. Please let your people know that are in the deaf or hard of hearing community that I have transcripts for all of my podcasts on rss.com, my hosting platform. They are great, by the way, for hearing people because you may want to go and print some out and use them as notes. That's why they were originally, uh, my, originally my IT guy set that up before I was on rss.com. You know, anyway, um, the podcast transcripts were originally designed for hearing people, although they're really appropriate for the deaf and hard of hearing community. If you are suicidal, please call 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. That number again is 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. If you're suicidal, what I promise you is you're probably suicidal because of childhood or adult trauma or bad treatment or the things that have happened to you that you might not recognize. You might not realize how you got put together. And if you had some understanding, I, I almost promise you, you would feel so much better about yourself. So there's lots of help available. Please go take it. All right. So saying yes. Well, before, <laughs> before I give you my thoughts on saying yes, I'm going to give you some famous people's thoughts on saying yes, because there's a rich body of, of work for saying yes. This is this is not a new thing. It might be new to you. The whole concept of saying yes may be new to you. So if we go back in time, there's a book called Yes to Life by Viktor E. Frankl. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Viktor Frankl, he was a psychiatrist who was famous for his thoughts on the importance of embracing life in the face of grace of great adversity, which actually came through a series of public lectures that he gave in Vienna 11 months after he was liberated from a Nazi concentration camp. He, Viktor Frankl, was a professor of neurology and psychiatry at the University of Vienna Medical School until his death in 1997. 
He founded what is now called the Third Viennese School of Psychotherapy. Also, there's some reference to, to it being called Logotherapy, but I couldn't really distinguish what that was about. Viktor Frankl, you may recognize his name because he is the author. He is also the author of Man's Search for Meaning, which is a fairly, fairly well-known, fairly popular book. So he's a yes, he's a yes man. Another yes man who's relatively famous is uh, of our current, of our current day, current day, is Sir Richard Branson. Now, if you don't know who Sir Richard Branson is, he's the founder of the Virgin Group. And, and he is such a big proponent of saying yes, that his nickname, now this is his nickname among employees, I'm not, among the Virgin employees, I'm not sure about any nicknames outside of work, but at, the employees refer to him as Dr. Yes. Isn't that cool? Now, Eckhart Tolle, who's also a fairly famous author, has written this, and this is a quote from Eckhart Tolle, quote, always say yes to the present moment. What could be more futile, futile, more insane than to create an inner resistance to what already is? Dot, dot, dot. The rest of the quote is, say yes to life and see what, how life suddenly starts working for you rather than against you, end quote. So that's from Eckhart Tolle. Now, if you do a search on the kiwi, keywords saying yes, uh, you might see a book titled, saying yes to life, which the art is the Archbishop of Canterbury's Lent book for 2020 by Ruth Valerio. So there's some references uh, current to saying yes, but I want to mention a quote from Frederick uh, Nietzsche and, and in his The Will to Power, this is selections from the notebooks of the 1880s, which is out of Penguin Books, the publisher's Penguin Books, 2017, page 556, 566, quote, suppose that we said yes to a single moment, then we have not only said yes to ourselves, but to the whole existence. For nothing stands alone, either in ourselves or in the things, and if our soul did but once vibrate and resound with the chord of happiness, then all of eternity was necessary to bring forth this one occurrence. And in this single moment when we said yes, all of eternity was embraced, redeemed, justified, and, and affirmed, end quote. Now, if you're not familiar with Friedrich uh, Nietzsche, uh, who is a German philosopher and a very uh, influential thinker. Now, again, that is from the Will to Power selections from the notebooks of the 1880s. This is an old idea of saying yes. It's also an old idea of this kind of, you know, whether you're saying yes to God or yes to the universe or yes to energy or yes to some, some force. Um, it's an old idea. It's an old idea that may be new to you. Now, the, here's the exceptions to saying yes. You are not going to say yes to your boundaries being crossed. You so you say no to your boundaries being crossed. You say to no to immoral or illegal acts. You say no to harmful behavior or acts or behavior that are harmful 
to others, yourself or others. You say no to gossip, no to smear campaigns. You get the idea. It's not a universal yes. You have to use some, some good judgment here. So we are clear. You operate your life with integrity. You always operate your life taking care of your promises, doing what you said, and having character. That goes without saying. That should be your universal truth. You are not going to say yes to anything that violates your character, your integrity, or your good name. That That's a no. That, that is no, 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 no. So, so now you've gotten, you know, we've got Sir Richard Branson. We've got Victor Frankl. We've got all these famous people. Well, we've got a select group of famous people. I did limit it. I did limit it <laughs> uh, because I do like my podcast to be as short as possible. So you could go find a whole bunch of more things on saying yes. But I'm going to just list off very quickly a number of my personal experiences of saying yes. And then I'll circle back and just expand on one or two of them to, so you can get this. Some of them had a huge impact. So um, in high school, I said yes to two adults who asked me to participate in the cooperative work experience and take a job at the bank where I would work, go to school for a couple hours, then go to the bank and work half a day at the bank. I've said yes to dating and relationships. I said yes to, to the yearbook, uh, to the to the Penn State yearbook staff when I was a senior in high school. I said yes to starting a group with other people on campus in college. I said yes to a secret honor society, a very elite honor society that I almost said no to. I said yes to being a total alcohol awareness educator. I said yes to co-leading an RA counselor ed class. I said yes to being executive director of a newly formed organization in the medical field. I said yes to being global co-leader of a coaching assignment. Um, I said yes to special teams at work on multiple occasions and also said yes to training employees outside of my job scope, like as, a, as an add-on special yes. I said yes to Toastmasters. I said yes to, to starting the gavel club for the Girl Scouts in New York State. And I also said yes to uh, publishing a cookbook, my first cookbook, which I really didn't want to do. And I said yes to having a sterile piece of Gore-Tex put over my uterus, even though at the time it was not FDA approved. So there's about 14 <laughs> examples of yeses, 14. That's that's not all of them, people. That's like the high points. So I have to say, like, if you go back to the first one, when, when I was asked to be in the cooperative work experience my senior year of high school, I had not ever considered it. It wasn't on my list. It wasn't on my radar. It was not, I don't think I even knew about the program. But two adults, a man and a woman, uh, two teachers or wherever, whatever their titles were, approached me and said, hey, we've looked at your transcript. You really don't need very many classes to graduate. Uh, really, you could go to school and by 11 o'clock be done. We'd like you to think about uh, taking this job at a bank, you could go to school, then you could walk home, have lunch, then walk downtown to the bank. What, what do you think? And I thought to myself, oh, wow. Well, it was interesting because it was true. I really didn't need very many classes to graduate. And I, I really had thought about it. And I couldn't think of a good reason to say no. So I said yes. Well, here's the backstory. <laughs> oh, I, I can tell this story now because the bank is no longer in existence. I'm not going to say the name of the bank, but I'm telling you right now, they no longer exist as an entity in any form. And they haven't existed as an entity for several decades. But so the job was to work in the booking 
bookkeeping department. So I would go to school half day, not even half day, then, you know, be home for lunch and then walk downtown, which was like a 10, 15 minute walk uh, and go to the bank, go in the back and go in the bookkeeping department where I would sit at a big tub of check. It was trays of checks and they would give me piles of checks and I would file them in the appropriate little folder thing. So this goes on for, I don't know how long, I would say a couple of months, maybe uh, at some point reasonably, you know, not, not at the end of the year, but you know, reasonably early on, maybe in the first two or three months, uh, I was called in to the vice president of the bank's office. And, um, she said to me, she said, well, you know why you're in here, don't you? I left I said no I have no idea now I was pretty sure I hadn't done anything wrong I was pretty sure I was doing good work and I, I didn't think there was a problem with my performance but I had no idea why I was in there she said well do you know why they ask you that you know why the high school asked you to take this job and I of course probably said well because I didn't really need very many classes <laughs> and she laughed and she said well here's the thing you know you're doing a great job I said thank you she said however We've been watching you very closely because the the high school student before you came into work one day very high, high as a kite, and missed file checks for three or four hours. And it took us uh, like a month to go through every file she had had her hands on. We had to go through literally every file in that drum to sort it out and get it corrected. So the high school actually picked you very intentionally to rescue the job program at your high school. <laughs> now I'm to remember I'm a senior in high school and I'm sitting there shocked. I cannot believe what I'm being told. Well, I can't believe it. I mean, I could believe that a student would go in high and misfile the check, but I couldn't believe nobody told me. I could not believe they'd like let me lamb to the slaughter to go, go, go fix the problem. So, so I, I, we had this lovely conversation in the bank vice president and I and I said well no I had no idea but thank you for telling me and uh, I'm glad you're happy with my work I promise you I'll do good work she said oh yeah we're not even worried we're not we have no worries about you at work here and so as I walked back so that was the vice president's office was in the front of the bank where the tellers and the offices are so I had to walk through the to the lobby back to go back to the bookkeeping department <laughs> and I, as I walked into the bookkeeping department area everyone kind of froze they were all looking at me because they knew what conversation I was just going to they were going to have with me and so I walk in and they're all they're all literally they're all like frozen like deer frozen like watching me look at me nobody said a word and I looked at them and I said oh I guess you guys all knew and then they started to laugh and, and it was very funny because once I then knew then I could see oh yes they used to come over while I was filing checks and look over my shoulder like and they would make comments like hmm you're right-handed but you're filing the checks with your left hand why are you doing that and I said well it just feels more comfortable it feels more natural yes I am right-handed and yes I am filing the checks with my left hand I can't really explain it so they were they had been watching me like a hawk because of their concern from the last person so that saved a program I mean it was great because I enjoyed the ladies had the best time and then I after I graduated I did become a bank teller there part-time during college so you know but that was that was a pivotal like 
I'm glad I said yes, although I, I just said yes, I didn't really know. Another thing that was very, very pivotal. If you So here's what I'm talking about right now. And what, what I want you to listen for or listen from is the impact of saying yes. I said yes to the two adults. I would be in the cooperative work experience having no idea that the impact could be potentially to save the program for future students. Now, this next example, I, I said yes to being executive director to a group of uh, medical physicians groups. It was like a coalition. And and I, I said yes because they asked me. And I said yes because I really wanted them to, to form. I was kind of nudging them to form. So, of course, I said yes because I wanted them to form. I, went, I didn't want to do it, but I, I didn't want them not to do it. So I said yes because they were asking me. And years later, though, here's what happened. Like it led me to a physician that was pivotal in saving the life of somebody I really cared about. Had I not been involved and done what I had done, I would not have, who knows what could have happened. It might've been disastrous. And then even years later, thy connections with the different physicians that I connected with for years through the position were instrumental in saving somebody I loved from a medical kidnap situation. It was horrendous. And, and I needed a new, uh, pediatric hematologist to replace the hematologist that was engaging in medical kidnap activities. Now they hadn't actually pulled the trigger, but they were, whoa, they were well on their way. And another doctor said, Oh yes, Lisa, you're in trouble. You gotta, you gotta get that handled. I literally called all these physicians, they called this doctor who wasn't taking any new patients. So he had taking no new patients, zero new patients. And they told me, we're not taking any new patients. And on top of the fact that we're not taking any new patients, we have a six month wait list. So we're not taking new patients and our existing patients have to wait six months for an appointment. So you're out. I said, okay. But then I got to work with another physician and got everybody we knew between us to call or email the doctor, the, the integrative hematologist who was not taking new patients. And guess what? Like within uh, two weeks, they called me and I had an appointment right away, like right away. Now that doctor did say, who are you? You know, everybody. <laughs> I had to laugh and say, oh no, I don't know everybody, but I happen to know a few people that you know. And that's how that happened. Like what, like what if I hadn't said yes to that position? Like it's the, the impact like reverberates and reverberates. And just one other example before I move on. So, um, I had said yes to the Girl Scouts, a Girl Scouting organization in New York state years ago to lead a gavel club for the Girl Scouts. So they had found out about a gavel club through, uh, some, someone and, however they found me, then they found me and they, and they contacted me and I was like, Hmm, I'm a Toastmaster, but I don't know about the gavel club. So I looked into it, I thought, Oh, that looks really cool. So I did the gavel club for the Girl Scouts. Then later it was like this epiphany. Oh my goodness. I could start a gavel club for my kids. Like I could start a homeschooling gavel club that would help my kids make friends. It would be good for the other homeschooling children. And it was so successful in Western New York. We ended up having two groups that met, uh, one, one, one week, one the next week, because we couldn't, there were too many kids to have it, them meet all together. And it was so successful. It was so much fun that when the kids and I moved to, uh, say the state college, Pennsylvania area, I started another gavel club 
for homeschooled kids. Uh, and it was very successful, like wildly successful. And it's, it was impactful. Like I did run into one of the kids who was in it and this is like years ago. And he said it was one of the most memorable, impactful experiences of his, of his childhood. So you don't know if you say no, what's going to happen. And you don't know what's going to happen if you say yes, but I'm telling you, I'm a big fan of yes. I, I could go into way more details on the other examples but there's no I don't think I need to belabor the point so and of course the most recent <laughs> the most recent yes <laughs> is uh four years ago I got a nudge to do what I'm doing now like it, it was out of the blue it was unexpected I wasn't looking to do what I'm doing I was I I it was just like completely out of the blue like a tap from the universe and I initially in my head was like, no, mm -mm, I'm not doing that. I'm not the right person. Pick somebody else. No, 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 no. But of course I did say yes. And here I am. So I'm happy I said yes. And I said yes, even though I was scared. I said yes, even though I was unsettled. I said yes, even though I wasn't convinced that I was the right person for the job. Now, I will say, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled I said yes. But I didn't know. There was no knowing. Like, I didn't even know <laughs> back four years ago that I was a rational thinker or that we had many people who weren't rational. Like, I knew there were people who were irrational. But, like, I didn't have the knowledge base that I have now. And if you've been following along on my podcast, I'm sharing what I'm learning. So we're hopefully learning and growing together, which would be ideal. So do most people do this? Do most people say yes to life, yes to the universe? Well, I don't know. My personal thought, my personal experience is kind of no. And I say that based on experience because back in the day when I did help other people, we, a group of us started this organization, I had asked like 23 of them if one of them would be president and all, everyone said no. There was not one person willing and I really was kind of begging them. So I, and it was a wonderful opportunity for them. And I told them, you don't have to do it by yourself. I'll help you. Like I was really in the, the up against a rock between a rock and a hard spot. I needed someone to step up and be that because I was working, working my way through college. I didn't have financial support from anyone at all. And I was going into debt and I did have to work multiple jobs. So it was a very, college was like the, best time. I had a great time, but it was also a very difficult time because I was so poor and I had to work so hard. So I didn't want to be president because I was going to be an RA. And, but at any rate, so I had a whole room full of people who said no. And I think over the years, um, and it's not just that I asked once, by the way, I asked for them once because I'm, I'm a little tenacious that way. If you give me a no, I might come back and say, can we try that again? So I, I had this experience or this, this, uh, opinion that more people say no. So are you a yes? Do you say yes? Well, again, assuming we're talking about this is not crossing a boundary. It's not messing with your character or your integrity. How do you handle unexpected opportunities from the universe? Well, I don't know. Like how this is the question for you because this is about you. How do you handle it? Well, you know, I will tell you that one of the people who said no to me in the past, we'll leave all the details out, you know, all the details out, you know, later regretted not taking, not saying yes. 
and but they but they did it in a way that someone who's not fully you know mentally healthy and, and self-aware would do which is they rewrote history to make me the bad guy because they didn't say yes so they rewrote history and I became the one to blame that they didn't they didn't say yes does that sound messed up oh yes it's messed up but guess what people people do this all the time like you'll have a a girl who say says no she won't go out with a guy and then instead of taking ownership because he's a really nice guy she blames him and he, he's somehow messed up like you know people do this all the time I can't even tell you I could do a whole podcast about that <laughs> maybe I will so why well because if you lack self-awareness if you're not rational in your thinking and if you're not present and you know you go through life you know, you may project, you may engage in maybe a form of projection. It could be a number of different things, but it's not that uncommon. And some of these people, they're, they're so angry and resentful or jealous or mad or whatever, then they, they engage in a smear campaign. And they have the opportunity to say yes, and they said no. So that's what some people do. What do you do? Do you say yes? I don't know. So let me just dive in for just a, a few minutes about why do some people say no or why do many people say no? Well, number one, some people are rigid. They are rigid. They're not spontaneous. And and this is not necessarily their fault. It's not necessarily, I'm not suggesting you have to be all spontaneous, but some chances, some opportunities will come your way and there's a narrow window where you have to say yes to the opportunity or yes to the chance or it goes to someone else. That's just the way some opportunities are. Actually, probably many opportunities have a deadline or a timeline. Um, so, you know, some people just can't be that spontaneous. Number two, fear of failure. That's very reasonable. Listen, it's reasonable to be afraid of failure. It's not like I like failure, people. I don't like love failure. I'm just willing to fail. I'm just willing to fail because I really pretty much don't care what people think of me because people think nasty things about me and I'm a good person. So fear of failure, number two. Number three, fear of the unknown. Also very reasonable, extremely reasonable. I want you to have compassion. These are reasonable things. This is all reasonable. Um, number four, they don't feel worthy or deserving to have the job, the role, the title, the man, the woman, the house, the job, the car, whatever. Like they don't feel worthy or deserving. Well, we know up to 85% of the world's population has low self-esteem, meaning they don't feel worthy or deserving. So if you did not feel worthy and a chance came your way or an opportunity came your way, it's completely reasonable that you wouldn't feel worthy or deserving and you would say no. Number five, following right on is they think they're not good enough. Yep. Number six, they think someone else would be better. Number seven, they don't take risks. Number eight, they stick to their comfort zone. Number nine, they have trouble making decisions. Uh, it's easier for them to say no than to say yes. Number 10, they can't imagine a different future than what they already have. This might be a much bigger one item than I am aware of because <laughs> I, I tend to be always like creating my life, creating my life, setting, setting goals, being in the present, but creating the future. And that's not as common as I would like to see. So, so that's, that's an issue. They don't like change. That's also, again, these are reasonable things. Number 12, they are overwhelmed by the idea and no is simply the only choice they have. They're just too overwhelmed 
And number 13, they are closed-minded. Well, I did just do a podcast about openness and being open-minded. But do you see how reasonable these are? These are extremely reasonable. And there's nothing wrong with these things that, that would have someone say no. Like, it, there's nothing wrong with that. But it it does mean that you might not ever get the chance. So... I want to say something else about not being open-minded or having low openness. So this is a very common issue for, for in society. And, and when we, I just did this past podcast on uh, open-mindedness and openness, and it's very fascinating because what the research says is that people who are not open-minded, so people who are closed-minded are generally or often that way because it's, safe for them. So they've grown up in an environment or they've experienced life in a way where they have to cling to their beliefs. They have to cling to their knowledge and their their way of thinking. They have to cling to all of it. They can't go exploring. They can't afford to be wrong because their mental and emotional safety hangs on them being right. So it also leads you to people who are have to be right they're righteous, know-it-all, judgmental, opinionated, etc. But it's really because it's a psychological safety, which hopefully gives you compassion. I mean, I read that in the research and I thought, oh, that makes so much sense. And oh, wow, it really, it just really tugged at my heart. So we have people who are either not open-minded or they have low openness and they will pass up a career or they will pass up a trip or a new experience or an advancement if it involves change or if it involves something that they're not prepared for or where they might have to change their values or they might have to change. So they can be seen as rigid and they can have difficulties coping with change. And, and this may be or frequently because of the way they got put together. And the way they got put together, there's no safety for them to to go rooting around in their mind or exploring in their mind. So I, I really hope that gives you some compassion for closed-minded people, that this is really a safety mechanism. And that podcast on being open-minded and openness will help you if you tend to be closed-minded. So another area I want to talk about with this respect to saying yes is risk and being risk adverse. So, you know, even when a person knows that they would love the new job, the new town, the new house, the new girl, the new guy, the new whatever, for some people, there's too much fear or it's too risky for them, even though they know it would make them happy. And this is a very common, more common than you realize. I mean, I ran away from love and it was a great relationship. Like this guy and I, we never fought. Actually, that happened with two guys. Um, you know, we had a really, really loving and wonderful relationship. So, um, but I didn't have myself sorted out. Like I, I got afraid and I didn't sort myself out. So we do have situations where people know they'd love to buy that house or they know they'd love to change careers or they know they'd love to date that guy or that girl or, or, you know, whatever, join that club, but they, they are limited because they are risk adverse and it seems like a risk that's too big for them, even though 
they know they would love it. And that's something that if you go to my website, download my emotional workbook, you can start dealing with your emotions because if you really work at your emotions, now you may need a coach, you may need to talk to a therapist, you may need to talk to somebody to get yourself sorted out. But it's important that you understand these are dynamics that get in the way for people of saying yes. So I'm not going to belabor or, or any more or extol any more the value, the magic of saying yes, because clearly I'm a fan. Clearly my life has changed for the better on multiple occasions. Like the trajectory of my life has changed because I said yes. So instead of giving you a long list of actions to take or suggestions, I'm simply going to say, go back to my website, get the emotional workbook and begin learning how to identify, manage and process your emotions, how to regulate your emotions. Because if you do that and you begin to learn that process, then you will literally have control of your emotions in a way that you've never had before. It will change your life for the better, I promise you. Then when an opportunity presents itself, you will have a different take on it when you have new skills. I mean, that's part of the thing about growth and development. I'm not the same person as I was a year ago or two years ago or, or any number of years ago, even though <laughs> I see people from my high school and they go, oh, you haven't changed a bit. <laughs> and that kind of makes me laugh. I think, well, I have changed a little bit. Maybe my exterior you know, laughter and a few things haven't changed, but I, I actually have changed. I've, I've been growing and healing and all that kind of stuff. So I hope my wish for you is that when life presents you with some opportunity, a chance in a lifetime, career, job, move, what have you, that you are able to sort it out and then say yes to the universe. So take care. I hope you're doing well. Love, love you. That's all. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 163, Saying Yes. I certainly hope you are going to think about saying yes to the universe, saying yes to opportunities, saying yes to people, and explore what might be available to you if you say yes, and you don't have to. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically because, of course, you would never want to miss one. I would request you also share this on social media or with your friends and family. I hope you're doing well. Please hang in there for now. I love you. That's all.